Mic check, one, two, mic check. Mic check, one, two, eight, three, three, one. We back. We back, y'all. Black coffee, no sugar, no cream. Black coffee, no sugar, no cream. Yes, indeed. Black coffee, no sugar, no cream podcast. Black coffee, no sugar, no cream podcast. You ready to go? I'm ready. Fire it up. I love Let's it. do it. No sugar, no Black cream. Coffee, no sugar, no cream. Episode 13. One, three. How you doing, brother? Man, I'm blessed and highly favored. It's a wonderful day, man. Couldn't be better. It just happy to be back in the man, back on the podcast. Man, thank you all for joining us. Black coffee, no sugar, no cream. We on. We are on I like that part. Apple Podcasts, <laughs> SoundCloud, wow. Google Play, iHeart. Mm. Tune in. And I'm going to work on the Spotify because I, I, I read some <laughs> things over the week. So I'm going to work on the Spotify. But Black Coffee, No Sugar, No Cream. And you know, coffee has been in the news a lot. Yes, it has, man. Mm. So, so we're going to get right to it, huh? Yes, sir. Shoot. You know what? I love coffee. I do, too. <laughs> I tell you, man. I, ooh, good I cup of coffee. I don't like Starbucks. It's too strong for me. But Man, I'm, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to put Starbucks on my uh, list. On your list. Oh, yeah. Places that I don't really have to go to. That I don't have to go to. I'm not, me personally, I, I don't care going. if you go to there, but I'm not. That's right. Because I'm not paying $5 for no grande. Come on. Or what have you. Caramel macchiato. Or whatever. Mocha latte frappe. What I got done. Whatever the hell they, they serve. <laughs> I know that's right. Ooh, <laughs> sound like you ain't happy with Starbucks right now, man. Well, look, I'm I'm gonna be fair. Okay, let's get into it. Mm. Last Thursday in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. two African American, two black men went in there to meet somebody, okay. a white guy. Okay, they got there before him. They did not buy anything. Mm-hmm. I guess one right away. Right away. Yeah. One gentleman wanted to use a bathroom. Okay. And because they didn't buy anything, they were denied. Mm. Um so they explained that they were meeting somebody. They didn't want no problems. Mm-hmm. But the manager insisted that if they didn't buy anything, they had to leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ideally, okay, that's fine. But this is Starbucks. Mm-hmm. This is this is a, a, a company that kind of markets their business, not only because of what they serve, but the way the restaurant is, the way the establishment is, rather. Mm-hmm. Got nice, cozy chairs, nice tables, mm-hmm. electricity at the tables where you can plug in your laptop and 
probably got free Wi-Fi at all the Starbucks. Like this is a, a business, an establishment that really promotes meeting. Right. And it's one of the closest things to a country club we're going to get outside of a barbershop. Yeah. So I, I can't fault the white guy for saying, let's meet at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the manager calls the police on the gentleman. And, 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 and just think, if you at a Starbucks or a Panera or a, even a McDonald's, mm-hmm. and you're being asked to leave for no other for for really no reason. They just coming up with reasons mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in those type of establishments. To me, it's really like going to the mall and being asked to leave because you ain't buying nothing. Wow, that's a very good analogy. To me, I may be off base. Wow. No, you're not off base. Wow. What 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 do you think? was going through the manager's mind. I mean, the, the person in charge. Other people are there. They're not, I don't know, I don't know if it's on their uh, you know, list of things that they have to do, like look around and make sure they got cups full. You know, it ain't like you're going to the club right. and you got a two-drink minimum and a cover charge. It ain't like that. Exactly. You know, before you get in, you know, you got a two-drink minimum, so what do they do? They charge you at the door to get in. They got a cover charge. Cover charge and a two-drink minimum, and what they'll do is $10, 20 to get in. You got to buy two drinks, so here. You pay for your two drinks right now, you can go into the bar now, whatever, but that's already taken care of. And if you don't want to come in there, knowing the rules, knowing what it is, then you can choose not to go in there knowing you'll be in violation of the rules. Exactly. It doesn't say on the door you can't use the bathroom unless you buy something, unless you buy $1 worth of something or $2 or, you know, if you've been here in the last two weeks or one week, I mean, how do you, you know? Right. So what'll happen if you don't use the bathroom the first 10 times you go in there? Are you owed 10 trips? (laughs) <laughs> right. It's just, it's just, so to me, what was disturbing wow. is, it's, it's, it's racist. It's, it, it, you know, the, the. Now that it is because racism so. has to do with power. Racism power. is not just prejudice. Right. Prejudice is when you prejudge somebody. Right. You judge them before the fact, without having any fact. Racism is when you as a race can infect and have power to influence, you know, the outcome of someone of another race or a sub race or somebody who's underneath you in your mind. Right. And I've read that there have been white folks who say, hey, I very seldom order anything and I never, it doesn't even cross my mind. It's like white privilege. And that's the, that was the beauty of this video because the guy that, the guy that I believe was meeting them there was a guy that was in the video that was going viral asking, what did they do? What did they do? Oh, okay. And okay, then okay. the light, then there was a girl voice in the background. I think she was recording said, I seen the whole thing. Mm-hmm. They didn't do they anything. Didn't do anything. And so shout out to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, for yeah. they, they, they had to know that, you know, their white privilege when they say we come in here all the time, you know, and don't buy anything, and we don't, we're not subject to this. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, shout out to them for saying they didn't do anything. Yes, sir. Because I believe if, if it wasn't for that video, if it wasn't for them in the background saying what they said, I think those two gentlemen probably would have had to have some type of trespassing or, or, or 
they would have stuck. Yeah. Something would have stuck because it would not have been recorded. And since there's a strong history of, you know, us not having, you know, equality, it would not have been that big of a deal. It would just been, okay, we need more. It wouldn't have been nothing. Right. It would have just been locked up. They'd have to, they probably would eventually let them go if they didn't have anything. And it's just been something that had been swept under the rug. So by having some Caucasians there, it gave credence or credibility. Yeah. And we even use words like, look, hey, y'all, look, even they saying it. Even they yes. saying it. Yeah. So, you know, that, that gives it value. That gives it credence or yeah. credibility from the word credirari, which means to believe. So we'll believe it because their ice is colder. <laughs> We have been programmed and conditioned that whatever the Caucasian said, that's what it is. Even the Caucasian may be listening. If you don't understand this, that's fine. You don't, some don't have a frame of reference to, you know, understand what I'm saying. But anytime you own a plantation, a plant, a place where, you know, you're forced to work and you can't question your oppressor. You can't ask question. You can't look this man in the eye. You can't even look his wife in the eye or even the children, the two, three years old, they can just come walk up to you and bust you in the head and you're not going to do anything because you've been trained and programmed not to go against Jesus, not to go against God or any of the other pictures that you see that has had a subliminal effect on you. So, hey, they say it takes about 30 days to develop a habit. Now, you've been doing this for hundreds of years. That's a lot of 30 days. Yeah. That habit is so ingrained in us until we do it without thinking about it. I've seen people that I know drop their head when they're talking to a Caucasian, older generation, or they'll try to sound more like the person that they're talking to. Yeah. That is a habit. Or, or, or you can tell. I mean, I do it. Even when I'm talking to somebody who speaks yeah. Spanish, I find myself trying to communicate yeah. with that person. Yeah. You know? <laughs> or if I find talking to somebody who, whatever language they're speaking, I'll chop up my language yeah. the same way they would, trying yes. to communicate. I will, it's like and a it's modem, not, modulate, yeah. demodulate. Yeah. I, the way you say your words, if I care about you, I would try to communicate in yeah. a way you will understand. Hey, you'll have to, you take off all floor. And I say, yes, I take off all floors. And then they're like, they understand that because yeah. they said that instead of, man, you tripping. You know I'm going to take all these floors out. Right. They may hear that. Yeah. So that's different. That's different. Than listening to people that I know get on the phone and they sit up just out of just being just automatic. I can could, I could always tell when somebody I knew was talking to some white person on the phone. <laughs> That's a black thing. I, all, I think all black people know that, you know. I could tell. I can just tell. Even when you, like, if you call me at work and I'm at my desk. I could tell. You can tell if I'm at my desk, whether it's yes, my sir. tone. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then I was like, hold on, hold on. And then I could step out the office and then, hey, what's going on, black guy? What's right, going on? Right, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> look, because we have a certain what's called ARC, affinity, reality, and communication, where it's just understood. I don't care where you go anywhere in the world. 
you shake a black man's hands, he got like two or three little moves that everybody know that y'all yeah. didn't rehearse together. That's just what it is. Yet that one handshake gonna turn into this, 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 and yeah. it might get a snap on the end. Yeah. Won't be nothing thought of. It ain't no gang activity. It ain't nothing kind of no set you with. It's, that's just what it is. I don't care where he from. Yeah. That's just what it, that is our mutual exchange. Yeah. Just a mutual exchange. So whenever we go to a place like a Starbucks, we don't think about this. But if we decided that we were not going to go to Starbucks to really realize our economic power. Yeah. If we realized it, they wouldn't have our business. Mm -mm. It's not so much that we'll try to get them to change their policies as much as it is we can start our own coffee shops and educate our children, have scholarships for our children. We can teach and train our own children, support our own charter school, or uncharted, wherever the water's <laughs> going to take us in these rivers, we can take care of it ourselves and not have to ask or beg, you know, people to do something for us that we should be doing for ourselves. Yeah. So what's going to happen? 8,000 Starbucks. You've read it. Yeah. May 29th. I remember that because it's my daughter's birthday. May 29th, they're going to have bias, racial bias or diversity training to teach their employees how to have job security. That's what I call it. It wasn't yeah. structured like that, but that's really what it is. And shout out to my, shout out to my, my, my man, my ace, O.J. Harrison. He in Chicago okay. at, a, at a training. Mm-hmm. And um, he he was on his Instagram, and uh, he said, "Man, I'm at Starbucks. I'm supposed to be boycotting." Uh oh! But he turned the phone on to the uh, to the employees, and they was all black. Mm. So come on, now watch that. That would be shut down, and I bet they make over sixty about sixty thousand yeah, dollars a month. They was downtown somewhere. He, you know, he's standing mm -hmm. at the Crown Plaza, so he downtown. So mm -hmm. this in Chicago, see. And so, I guess I guess I'm saying that if 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 you really, especially if you're black and you really do the Starbucks thing, I don't think you should boycott. I don't. What's that? I don't think I don't. If 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 you if that's really your cup of tea or cup of coffee, mm -hmm. I don't think you should boycott for this. And I'm gonna tell you why. Okay. Now, this ain't like the Monique. Now this ain't the same situation, is it? No, it's not. Okay. Okay. I believe mm -hmm. the CEO, Kevin Johnson. I think he 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 did an acceptable. Okay. Job of really trying to clean this up. Maybe the timeline isn't, you know, maybe it could have been quicker, mm -hmm. but the manager is no longer with the company. He's no longer with that Starbucks. No, no, no. They're not, they're not with the company no more. I just, is that, that the agreed upon hush hush? And it, it might be. It might lamb. be. It might be. Okay. Um, they actually they are going to do the class, which I think is is you know say it because I'm gonna disagree with you. I don't care what you say. Go yeah, ahead. I, I come mean, on. come on, patch it up. 
I, I mean, I nope, don't think I'm, I don't think it's necessary. I don't okay. think I don't think to close all eight thousand stores on May 29th is necessary. Well, they're not gonna close it for the whole day now. It's just gonna have like for a certain period of time they're gonna have a little diversity training or something. Okay. Like they're gonna teach black folks how to deal with black folks. But I don't think that manager needs to be employed with the company. You think so? You think the manager should be fired? Demoted at least. To what? Just a regular associate. Because you obviously failed. You obviously are racist. You obviously overstepped your boundaries. You you violated every leadership quality. Mm -hmm. You know, your discretion, your your judgment. Okay. Everything you failed. You, Do you, you think he failed from a standpoint of race or from a standpoint of he stand to lose millions and millions you of dollars. You talking about the CEO or the manager? I'm talking about well, the manager failed to see how what he did could impact his own job security, which apparently affected it. Yeah. If he knew it was going to affect his job security, because I don't know, I don't know what his family. I think it was a is. she. Was she? Yeah, because she called because uh, the 911 call was released. Oh, okay. And it was a girl that called. It was on the, a girl's voice. Oh, okay, okay. That person, she. If she knew that her that her job security was predicated on her being, I guess, more equitable or fair with everybody that came in there. See, racism, it goes below the skin. It yeah. goes in, I mean, it's a thinking, it's a mindset. Right. It's okay. Listen, when black folk kill black folk, that lets the whole world know it's okay. They kill black folk. White woman get raped. Black folk don't live 100 miles away. She said a black man did. Susan Smith, I think it was, drowned her children in the river somewhere because her boyfriend didn't want children. She said a black man did it. They run around locked up over 1,000 black men that fit the general description because she said a black man did it. After questioning and further examination, come to find out she did it to herself. Mm -hmm. She was still allowed later to cohabit with somebody and get pregnant again while she was in prison. My point, and it's relevant because, yeah. it's relevant because our disunity, our lack of unity, our lack of anomie, or our lack of family love for each other lets the world know they can take advantage of us. That's the key to me. That's what I see. So should anything happen to the CEO? No, he ain't train nobody to do nothing. But I understand the point because why don't we why don't we have our own businesses? What what's stopping us from having our own businesses? What what's stopping us from having our own conventions? No, that and hotels? I agree. That I agree. I think this is an eye opener. Another eye opener. Another one. Another snooze button. I mean, you you've really you've really stressed a lot in a lot of episodes, like we have to have our own. If you don't have your own, what does that make you? We say a lot of times that so many black men won't even try to get a house. That's just one stage. That's just one stage. So even once you get your house, what's wrong with you living next door to somebody or somebody behind you that you can talk to and something happens, you know they're going to be there for you, opposed to they find something wrong with something you did and won't tell you, but then they'll call the people on you. And then that's y'all relationship, y'all first 
into action got to be something where they bring some authority to try to get you in trouble. How do you recover from a relationship, you know, like that? Right. How, how do you do that? It's not the same. So right. in your mind, you're going to want to get them back or you know you can't trust them. So when your child go out to play, you got to keep an eye on them. Yeah. So I'm not saying because they are of a certain color, but like-minded people should group together. I was so proud, man, when I went down, I think it's Division, when I saw that big old flag that the Puerto Rican people had across oh, over shoot. there by that part. I thought that was, I mean, just incredible. My wife is going, my wife going to be like, wepa, wepa. What's that mean? I don't know. <laughs> it's something good and positive. Yeah. But I do love the strength and the unity. <laughs> Even when I see videos, man, of what's going on in Puerto Rico right now, and I see the unity and how they band together, man, and really help, help each other out, you know. If it's, if it's one cup of water, they're going to share it. I've seen this. Oh, yeah. Instead of sneaking off somewhere, you know, drinking it, saying you ain't find nothing, and you slobbing water falling out your mouth, you talking about you ain't had nothing to drink, everybody else coughing up powder, you know, you know you just had something to drink. We have to have the, you know, we want to love for ourselves, and we want to love for our brothers and sisters, and we want for them what we want for ourselves. All other cultures have that. We Black folks in America are the only people that dislike, dislove ourselves so much until we can't wait to get away from each other. Children can't wait. I'd be glad to get my own this. So they go out and get their first job. They're making minimum wage, talking about doing their own thing. So now they got to start the whole cycle all over again because they don't want to stay and help those who help them. Yeah. So when I look at the financial and economic racism, I look at all these different things, and all these, uh, I guess, I want to say people who say they are for black people, they say they speak for black people, encourage black people to have their own businesses. And then their children won't have a job. You're going to beg your uh, white friend who owned the company to please give your son a break because he's a good kid. You want to put a good word in for him. If you had a business, you ain't got to ask nobody nothing. And your son, daughter, if they really appreciate what you have going on, they will be groomed and like, hey, I mean, where are you going to work? What do you mean where I'm going to work? That's not even a question. I'm working in the family business. Why? Because I'm part of this family. This family gives me food, clothes, shelter, protection. Well, I mean, why would I go and work for somebody else and build up their empire? But when, but when I get into trouble, I'm going to run home to my family members who I don't help do nothing and ask them to help me so I can be helped get back up and then run back out there again and do the exact same thing. So I think this has more to do with our a lack of unity than it does what somebody else is doing to us. And, and I'm, I'm, you know, my thing is I'm just tired of, oh, we got to cancel this, or we got to cancel Fabulous, we got to cancel our, like... And then what? And then, exactly. And then what? Exactly. Am I going back to Starbucks? I don't know. Right. Am I going to listen to Netflix? Yeah. Do yeah. you, you got something? You got some kind of flicks you want me to look at? <laughs> That's <laughs> the thing. Some... Like, we can't cancel everything. Like, I heard somebody say, stay woke but take naps. Like, some of y'all really need to take naps. Y'all just too woke. We have to. Look, I'm not mad at Kevin R. Johnson, the owner and CEO of Starbucks. I'm not mad at him for making millions of dollars a year. That's fine. Because I know I, too, would do the same thing. I know that I will be making millions of dollars a year. I know I, I know I will be employing thousands of people. I, I already see that. I already know that. And that, that yeah. So I, I want I definitely want to piggyback off what you're gonna say. Okay. Okay. So me having the business 
employing thousands of people, there's no way that I can know what they're doing way over there. I know what they're supposed to do. Right, because I think the headquarters is in Washington State. Well, Kevin Johnson ain't there. Yeah, right. he ain't playing basketball. Come either. on, come on. Kevin Johnson is not there. Come on. He doesn't really know what's going on. He knows the policies, procedures, rules, regulations, and bylaws that he put in place that they should follow. How many people you know that's on your job don't do what they're supposed to do right. and how it will affect everything else? Right. So he did what he's supposed to do. He went right. Like, look, we need diversity training. We need bias training. Exactly. If he shut down everything right now, like, look, I'm shutting every, every, every area down that's densely, densely populated with multicultural environment to teach y'all how to, you know. Not call the police on black folk just because they come in your establishment. Let's just not call the police <laughs> on black folks because they black. Right. You didn't call the police on the uh, white lady that said she was there, and she very seldom orders anything. Yeah. But the thing is, it's subliminal. It's subliminal. Covert racism. Covert racism. covered. Yes, sir. That's the 2018. That's okay, okay. You know, indirect racism. Yes, sir. Without even, it, it's like, it's just like uh, unconscious, comp unconscious competence. Yeah. You don't even know you're doing it. But then once you realize you're doing it, I think that's really where the key comes in. Once you realize what you did, how do you deal with it? All right. Do you come to grips with it? That's why she needed to go. Because you are in a position of leadership. You should have known that. You, sh you, you should have known that. You should have known better. You could have handled it The better. police is not, when somebody ain't doing nothing, they've told you they're meeting somebody here. Yeah. Anytime a man, a black man, can get choked to death in broad daylight, overselling Lucy's. Man, one of the greatest things that the brothers did was submit to the authority and stayed alive. And they about to get that check. Yeah, they can get the check. But I'm they, 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 they stayed alive. Word. They, they, well, there's, nothing to, there's nothing, I don't think there's a whole lot that they can say. I mean, sometimes the best way to fight is with just doing what you're going to do and not letting everybody know what you're going to do. Right. Because I think they 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 really I mean they they businessmen they businessmen so yeah they not emotional men yeah so so they yeah they they yeah. they gonna, they gonna get broke off yeah and there's probably be a gag order they can't say what happened right. because they know it's how it's gonna affect the other millions of people who yeah. go to Starbucks every single day but I say we turn the Starbucks into black books black books yeah because without an economic base. Black people are still begging for jobs and justice. You don't beg for jobs and justice. You create it by taking care of yourself. Yeah. That's the key. Because any, anybody can be fired at any time. You really can. I don't care how good you are at your job. Don't think you're not expendable. Don't right. think you're not that replaceable. somebody, you are, yeah, you are definitely replaceable by the owner's cousin, nephew, niece, the one that just got out of jail trying to get his life together. Hey. And they could pay him less. They'll make they even if they paid him more. Watch it. They'll make you get out of there because, like, look, that's ain't Sally's nephew's brother. He needs a place. But this guy's been here twenty years. Well, you get rid of him. He can be paid less, and he can learn the company business. No big deal. Yeah. This guy got a family. Hey, don't go against the family. Yeah. So we are in a, we are in a very 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 vulnerable position when the world sees us to continue to beg, man. Please take care of us. That's what in the word grown is grow and own. We got to grow to own something. That makes us grown. Having your own house is great. 
having your own car, that's great. But whenever, you know, a whole lot of our brothers and sisters don't have a car, don't have a house, don't have a license, and still trying to get it together, it just shows that this system has failed us. But we got to make sure we don't fail ourselves. So, um, um, I'm thinking champagne. What are we going to do here in champagne? I, I, yeah. I, always, I always bring it local. Yeah. I always like to keep it local because we got a lot of people that, are, that don't want to speak out and speak up about, you know, as soon as Black Lives Matter came out, they hear people start talking about all lives matter. That's fine. That's cool. But it's black lives that's getting killed on a, an alarming, at an alarming rate. Not all lives, it's us. Yeah. Anytime the focus is on us, they broaden that brush stroke to include everybody. Mm. Now we swept with this big old broad brush, everybody back in the same category. Yeah. Same thing. As long as we keep giving you our money, everything cool. Yeah. As long as we dancing and shucking and jiving, having a good time, you know, putting uh, big old brooms on our eyelids, enhancing all these different things. It's amazing, man. Some of the things that we have been distracted from. And, it was, and this love and hip-hop thing, I'm looking at I'm like, somebody had a child with this person, had a child, they weren't doing this. You're on TV all the time. Wouldn't it be great if you promoted building strong families, black love? But that don't sell. We have to sell out. No, I'm just saying. It's a catch-22. That's why it's important to do the best we can to train up our children the best we possibly can. Best we can. Because environment is so powerful. I don't care what you yeah. teach your child. Environment is so It's like your child is a seed that's dumped into a very, very polluted uh, environment. Yeah. Here's a real polluted environment, and here's a very, very good mentally rich environment. Yeah. You put your child in the best environment, but as that child grows up, somebody who put their child in an environment that's not as mentally rich, that is full of poison, it is no laws, no rules, no regulations, you can do whatever you want to do. Our children would love to go over that person's house and don't have no rules, no laws. They could do whatever they want to do, and they think, you the bad guy. You too restrictive. You don't let them do nothing. But then when that child grows up not to be responsible, not take responsibility for their own actions, not be a good productive citizen, they got a place ready for you. And if you want to be just like them, you'll be one of their followers mm -hmm. in that pipeline to prison. Yep. You get to be 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years old and realize you're ready to turn your life over and give it to God. You can barely walk, can't hardly talk, can't see, credit shot. But then now you're ready to go ahead and start getting your life together. It's never too late to start getting your life together. But remember the creator in the days of your youth. That's one of my biggest things, man, is you want to see your children do good. Do something they really enjoy doing. Do something they love to do without hindrance. Be able to go wherever they want to go without thinking about whether or not they're going to make it alive or who you're going to be with, who you're going, who going to be there. What a horrible environment. We live in where we got to keep an eye on our children all the time. All the time. People build fences up high enough so the neighbors can't peep over and see the children because folks crazy. Pretty much. We got privacy fences because you don't know what your neighbor's thinking. Right. Or they've shown you what they're thinking. Yeah. And you're living next to them. You got another 20 years to be there. <laughs> you know, 10, 15 years, you're going to be in this house. 
You know your neighbor ain't going nowhere, so you just build a big old fence up. Now you're in a gated community. Same thing, that's a prison, a gated community. <laughs> Pretty much. But I'm glad you brought that content, man, because that's, that's real strong to my heart, man, because, hey, if the children are going to go through the exact same thing we're going through, that's, that's not just a single person insane. That's just collectively insanity. Yeah. All of us doing the same thing, getting the exact same results. So here it is. My children are going to work for the same people I work for. You know. I'm going to send you this uh, Dame Dash Breakfast Club interview. I think it's three, four years ago, man. He's, oh, okay. Send it to me. He spazzed on them dudes. Oh, he, yeah? Oh, man. He spazzed on Charlemagne, Envy, and Angela Yee. He pretty much said what you said. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I mean, and we'll talk about it next week. But, it, I okay. mean, it, okay. it's just okay. in line. But I'm, I'm definitely going to send it to you. It, yeah, send it to me, man. Send but, it to uh, me. That's good. Anything that's going to, uh, you know, sound the alarm and wake us up, man. Yeah. You know, it, it was a great talk. And and, and we'll, we'll definitely talk about it because, it, you know, I think that's that's what, that's that's our mission. Mm-hmm. With this podcast, you know, it just, man, we gotta, we gotta do, do we gotta do for us, do for self. We gotta do for self, man. We, we gotta, gotta do, do for, for self. self because they got robots, they got technology. Man, technology is growing at such an alarming rate. They got people studying computer science that stuff they use, the things that they studying is 20 years obsolete. I, mean, I was talking to one of my buddies today. And just an update on the charter school. I I, I tried. I, I reached out to my cousin, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to put nobody on blast. I'm mm-hmm. just not. No names. But I uh, reached out to my cousin, and and you know one you know her brother's on the um you know committee. So hey, it <laughs> is what up, it is. You're gonna end up saying it, but just don't say it. But uh, I say yeah. You know we definitely would like to you know get them. Get them folks on here, and, mm-hmm. and you know, just a candid, uh, a candid, you know, low key conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, he he went back to, you know, he left town the other day, and you know, I'm not sure if he gonna come, you know, come back or whatever. Yeah. So it's good to find that out now before all the big blows. Right, because because you know. Cause I was, I think I was telling you, and it was an article in the paper mm-hmm. where I think they got an extension. I guess it was like 116 questions that they mm-hmm. had to respond to. And you know, these, these folks is they slick. They they think they slick. They slick. Yeah, they slick because they slick and we go to the, the we go to we go to the you know so the big show the the big turnout at the meeting. Mm-hmm. They got over 100 questions already. So let's just do the math. A hundred questions. Let's say you you spend three minutes on each question. That's three hundred minutes. That's three hundred minutes. Five hours. Exactly. And they know. And they know people. That's called a filibuster. That's pretty good. Yeah. That is slick. So of course the committee, like, man, we got people here that want to speak to y'all on behalf. Yeah. Yeah. So now they asking all these questions. So now they gotta say, we'll get back to you. We'll get back to you. We'll get back to you. That's but that that's the art of war. That's Sun Tzu. That's the art of war. To yeah. win without fighting is best. Bombard you with so much stuff until you'll say, or the people who will be your help, like, you know what? 
We'll look at this later. Because they know we, we habitually will put things off later. Like, you know what? Man, let's get on to something else. Let's get on to something else. Right. But if we, why are we asking if we can have a school? Because they need their money. They who? The people that want to bring the school to the town. Okay. But think about this. You've heard of Montessori? Yeah. Do you think a Montessori school would say, well, we're not going to open until we go to the city council and ask these people for some money? See, once again, we're asking for resources. Yeah, yeah. Because we don't have a, a business base, an economic base that will fund our activities. Yeah. We're still asking permission. Yeah. Hey, can we start a charter school? No, that's crazy. Okay. So you come back a year later. Hey, can we do a charter school? Like, no, man. Did you do this, 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 these hundred times? Yeah. <laughs> Did you do all those things? You answer all these questions? Like, wait a minute. I'm answering none of y'all's questions. I'm talking to the people that's paying this money. Right. But if there was an economic base, we wouldn't be having this conversation. No. We'll bring it before our own committee. Look, you think Black Wall Street is a good example. Come on. Tulsa. I think in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in the 20s. Listen, do you think that they went to a city council meeting or a board meeting and asked, can we do something for ourselves? Will y'all let us have our own? No, they just did it. They did their own thing, their own schools, hospitals, banks, own lawyers, doctors, dentists, cabs, buses. We had our own everything, peaceful. Didn't have a high jail prison population. Highly respectful, highly respectable. And it didn't just cave in because we didn't treat each other right. Mm -hmm. It didn't just cave in because there was a lack of freedom, justice, and equality. It didn't fail because of that. Someone willfully, deliberately, and on purpose destroyed it. Not just that one, others just like it. I think we had over 60 of them just like that. We didn't ask for permission. Why are we over almost 100 years later not following what's considered to be a successful model? Why are we following something that has proven not to work? All right. This has proven not to work. Mm -mm. Even if you do have a charter school and you have the best students come out, they the smartest, what are they going to do? Yeah. Where, where are they going to go? Right. Are they, uh, our engineers and scientists, are they going to, our STEM graduates, are they going to uh, 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 improve where they live? Or are they going to be picked off and moved somewhere else? And next thing you know, you know, they got a black, uh, black husband. They got a black wife. We were watching TV all night, and I'm looking. I'm always looking for the family dynamics. Very seldom do I see a black man, black woman, black children in a commercial, unless the black man is doing something crazy like we see the B.O. or something, whatever that is, got this goofy looking man, C.B.O. to D.B.O. or something, I forget it, whatever it is, we buy your car, if you buy our car, some crazy looking stuff. Yeah. Or they have a strong black man and a, and a black, strong black woman and the man like, well, you know, it's up to your mama, it's up to her, don't make her mad. Which is incre incredibly just squashes and destroys what the creator had as the first institution was the man, the woman, and the children. This world has 
incredibly destroyed that model. How many black men you know that is in a family structure where there's the man, the woman, and the children? Because if there's no strong black families, then you ain't gonna have no strong black businesses. Mm-hmm. So how do we build families? See? All of the things, we look at surface stuff. We got a whole bunch of band-aids we can just put on stuff, just put on things. We have to get to the root. You go to Chicago, they got Chinatown, Chinese. They ain't trying to pretend that they not Chinese. I, saw, I got your text, I saw it. They not trying to hide that they Chinese, they successful. Even in Champaign, they got Chinese restaurants here. They don't try to disguise themselves as a, an American restaurant. No, they Chinese restaurant. They even got the Chinese uh, 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 symbols and language and everything up there. You tell them what you want in English, they shout it back. They shout it back there because they're not, they not trying to whisper and pretend they're not Chinese. Right. They wear their clothes. They that's talk to like, each other in the language. That's just like, hold your thought. That's just like one night I pick up like mm-hmm. four Chinese, four Asians. I don't even know what. Mm-hmm. Pick up four Asians. They got um, multiple stops, mm-hmm. meaning I'm going to drop some off at one location, drop another off at another location. Oh, okay. So they get in the car, and they speak in their language. Mm-hmm. So I'm driving, whatever, you know. You ain't called the police on? No, I ain't called oh, the police okay. on. You didn't think you were threatening them like that? No. So, oh, okay. So, you know, they speak in their language. I, I drop, you know, one of them, I drop, I, I get to the first location, a couple of them get out the car. Mm-hmm. Thank you. They so 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 they just flip it. So they talking their language the mm-hmm, whole time mm-hmm. when they get in the car. Thank you. You know. Then the the, the um the next stop. Mm-hmm. They get out. Thank you. You know. Mm-hmm. So then the very last the very last stop I make is one guy in the car, mm-hmm. and he apologized. I said, "For what? What you do?" Mm-hmm. He said, "Well." I am conscious that when we got in the car for the whole trip, we were speaking in our language. Mm-hmm. And I'm conscious that that may have been d- disrespectful to you. Mm-hmm. And I said, damn, you are the first person Mm. That has actually recognized <laughs> or acknowledged it. Or acknowledged yeah. that you've gotten somebody else's cosping. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like I really don't care. I don't know you from Adam. Right. I don't care. Yeah, y'all not building a relationship. You can right. come over and have yeah. coffee. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Black coffee, no sugar, no cream podcast. <laughs> So, that was thoughtful of him, man. Yeah. That was very, cause, uh, that's very thoughtful. You didn't yeah. expect it, and he I, didn't have to do it, yeah. you know? He could have just said, she, she, thank you, going about your business. Yeah, you so know? I, I said, but you know what? I respect you. Mm-hmm. You know, I respect you for even acknowledging it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, I think that's good. Yeah. You know, like, what am I supposed to say? You know, like. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, just congratulatory, just appreciation, just, yeah. man, you know what? Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah. 
And you know, right now, China, even China, no China, whatever they do, we'll say they're Chinese. Let's say Chinese, Chinese. And right now, Chinese are, you know, doing a whole lot in Africa. Not, necessarily, not, not taking advantage, just like the Europeans did, came over there, got the Africans digging out diamonds that they can't have. Right. And you won't use the diamonds that came out of Africa to help build up Africans. China is coming in, helping build the infrastructure, the roads, education. It's a mutual respect. It's a brotherhood type relationship. It's not a slave master, master, slave relationship. I'm better than you. They're learning the African languages and, and Africans are learning uh, the Chinese language. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful mutual respect. They didn't go over there and say, you know what, these niggas ain't got no clothes on. We could take advantage of them. Right. They can work for us for free for 300 years. We can give them a few rights and we still rule them. What y'all think? They didn't do that. It's based on a mutual respect. So, without you even having known him, he acknowledges and he recognizes. He didn't have to have sensitivity training. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it all back. <laughs> didn't have to have none of that. Why? Man, as a, if you see somebody as a fellow human being like you, you have what's called empathy. You don't feel sorry for them, but you feel for them as another human being. And it's the simplest of gestures. It's kind of like walking in front of somebody. You didn't hurt them, you didn't hurt you. Oh, excuse me. Just a simple gesture showing you have a mutual respect for somebody that you just passed in front of. Yeah. Excuse me. Oh, excuse me. Oh, hey, no problem. Good manners lead to good morals. Mm -hmm. If you got real good manners, you have a mutual understanding and respect for other people. They had this thing that I looked up on, um, I think it was Facebook. They were saying Japanese people, what Japanese people do and what Americans do. And it was interesting because I'm like, oh, my God, look at that. They showed a school. And they showed, the two, I mean, they showed how Japanese children, they grow their own foods. They serve each other in the cafeteria. They wash the dishes after they finish. They study the health and nutrition as part of the class. They thank the teachers. The teachers thanks the, thank the students. And, you know, it just shows a mutual respect between the teacher and the student. They didn't have any ADHD. They didn't have no uh, uh, focus groups. They didn't have no this area where these slow children can't learn, so they off somewhere by themselves. It's an inclusive system. And when you look at America, we don't have a system like that. It's based on commercialization. The worst foods, one of the worst educational systems in the industrialized nations. And you know, people might say, well, you don't like it, leave. I ain't going no damn way. Right. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. You leave. Right. I ain't going nowhere. Right. I ain't, ain't nowhere else I want to go. I'm right. here building this up. Right. And if you believe anything in the Bible, he said the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. So as long as I stay righteous, if you wicked, man, I take that. Let me have that. Somebody got my money. Right. Let me go ahead and get that. Right. Not me talking, but the, but the God and the force and power that I know takes the kingdom from whom he pleases and he'll give it to whom he pleases. So the best thing I could do is try to live a righteous life. That's the key. So when I think about you having it, you you giving him, uh, the brother a ride. I can call him a brother even though I didn't meet him because he did a brotherly thing. Right, true story. Who knows what his language was? Who cares? He's a human. English was good too. Listen, there's no language barrier. Nah, that's very wise for him to be able to speak 
the language. Another language to speak is not, is not necessarily in words as much as it is mutual respect. That's a type of language that you can speak. So when the brothers come and sit down in Starbucks, you can say, hey, you know what? It is our policy. Or first speak to them. Hey, how y'all doing? Right. Would y'all like to order anything? Well, now we got to use the bathroom. We're going to meet somebody here. Okay, that's not a problem. If you need anything, let us know. That's managerial. Yeah. And that's why she need to be, she needs she got to go. Yeah. And oh, yeah. According to the Washington Post, we're going to bring this back in. Mm-hmm. Um, it said. But um, pretty much, I guess, uh, she's no longer at the company. She she talked to uh, Howard Schultz. I don't know who he is. Schultz. Is that the same Schultz to be chiming in? Maybe. Howard Schultz is all, all the way here? Yeah, so she, he spent the he spent time with the manager. She recognized that perhaps that call should not have been made. Wait, wait, Schultz, wait, 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 wait. What? That call should what? Not have been made. Should not. Should not have been made. Okay, now. He told, Schultz told Gail King, she recognized that perhaps it should not have been made. Mm -hmm. She probably thought they would come to her location and talk to the men about, she, now she's trying to say that the manager, when she called the police, she probably thought they would come to her location and talk to the men about why they were there. No, hell no. You don't get no pass. No, exactly. No, 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 no. You don't get no pass. They were ma- waiting for a third man to arrive for a business meeting when the manager called 911. One or both of the men had asked to use the bathroom, but they were told no because they had not bought anything. I think you have to say, looking at the tape, that she demonstrated her own level of unconscious bias. And in looking at the tape, you ask yourself whether or not that, in fact, was racial profiling. Of course it was. Yes, racial profiling. Yes, of course it was. And even when the police got there, have they no authority to say, wait a minute, he ain't, they ain't breaking no law? Right. Or, like, you know what, gentlemen? They're within their right to ask you to leave. Will you please step outside the premises? Hey, man, no problem. Exactly. Just like at that restaurant, they wasn't serving black folks at this restaurant, and the, and the black folks just standing there just demanding to get in. Hey, why would you want to go into a place that didn't want you? If we had the requisite unity, we would say, oh, okay. You mess with one ant, we all going to eat your ankles. Yeah. You step in an ant bed, if you just step on one, they don't say, well, you know, you stepped on one, so we just give you one bite. No, they all on you. They going to drive you from among them. Even ants got sense. If mm-hmm. we study the ants, they got sense enough to know if you mess with one, any, anything in nature except black folks in America, mess with one bee. It ain't like you, you kill that one bee and that's it. No, them other bees, man, they got something for you. The other ants, they got something for you. Lions, tigers, bears, oh my, they, got, they have something for you. Right. Only in the black neighborhood will you get a one-on-one. No, everybody else got strong love and unity. Mm-hmm. Chinatown, Germantown, Jewtown, <laughs> Jamaica town. Everybody got their town. Why town got to be the hood? Yeah. That's amazing. The head is right inside the hood. This is the hood right here. The head, it should be the greatest, most powerful minds and thinkers. Why the hood got to be such a bad place? Why don't you go down Stony Island, the roads messed up? Really? People begging. Got yeah. people playing drums, upside down buckets to make money. Dancing with rifles and stuff in the middle of the street. Those are entrepreneurs. They're making money. They make more than they would making five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twenty bucks an hour <coughs> doing something else. And so I'm going to drive by like, man, why don't y'all go get a job? Do you have a business when I'm going to get a job? Right. 
So every time I drive, every time I drive right down Stony, man, I can see and I can feel the lack of resources, the lack of hope. Now, if you get on Lakeshore, head on up north, man, there ain't going to be a piece of paper. Ain't going to be nobody begging. Ain't nobody be on the street with no cups. People riding their bikes. They can ride their bikes with their little lights on a little bike lane right down through there. City Queen up there now. It's, it's, a, it's a different feeling. Now, the children that grew up in that environment, they know they're going to be all right. They're not thinking, Lord, I sure hope I don't get shot today. Or, hey, y'all shut up and turn them lights off so they won't turn the lights off. Turn that water off. You know? So if you look at the environment that's full of resources and look at an environment that has zero to no resources, it's going to bring us back to Champagne, to where we live to where we are, to where we interact. Brother Timothy, you left. Man, I do what I want to do. Everybody get what they strive for. You reap what you sow. If you don't sow nothing, ain't nothing going to grow. Nope. Don't get on me, man, because I'm planting trees and I'm getting apples. And I got applesauce, apple pie, <laughs> apple cobblers, and I'm selling apples to get more apple seed. Apple man. cider. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. So don't get mad at me. If anything, I may be doing something that you can learn from. You can say what you want to about me. That don't affect me one way or another. The greatest thing we can do is let somebody see us as a good example. Not so much of what we talk about as a good example. If they want to see what a good father looks like, a good husband, they can look at Brother Kenny. Appreciate you, brother. Man, that's just real. How long you been married? So, going on 13. The same amount of, the same number as this podcast. Episode 13. Yes, sir. Come on, say it, do it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we have to acknowledge that, man. Yeah. And to Starbucks, hey, I still say, hey, go get your coffee. No. But listen to what we said. Start hey. your listen. One person <clears throat> not going to Starbucks, that's just like one person not watching Netflix for two weeks until Monique get over her what she got going on. Right. Ain't nobody even spoke about Monique. I mean, and she probably negotiate. I mean, she's more relevant now than she was before this whole thing yeah. happened. And ain't and ain't done nothing. She's more relevant. Somebody else might pick her up. But if you're in the arts and entertainment business, you'll do things to keep yourself relevant, man. If anybody mentioning your name no more, you're going to do something. Yeah, but she had the, she had the, 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 the world, the country speaking her name, and she ain't capitalized. I mean, what, what has changed since then? I mean, what has did Netflix change their mind? Did they give her a better contract? Did they offer her more? No. And you know why? Because they held the leverage. Yeah, they have the power. They have the power, yeah. That's right. And if you want to make money being funny, be funny. Right. And that's one thing. He's that so I, funny, man. People ain't got to do no crunches, no abs, thing, and no planks. When we went to, when we talked about the Breakfast Club interview, mm -hmm. that's one thing that when I thought about it, I thought she played herself because you a comedian. 
So go yeah. up to the Breakfast Club, syndicated in 80-something markets, including and champagne. And do it. your business. And be funny. Be funny. That's right. Be funny. Be funny. That's right. You're not a politician. Don't, don't pull, don't, don't try to be the moral authority. Whatever the case may be, listen. Be fun. If, if your job is to be funny, man, be funny. Work be on being funny. funny. And if you didn't get what you want, be so funny until someone like, oh my God, they should have paid you more. They should have paid you. It's just like Jerry Maguire. Hey, he said, show me the money. Show me the money. Hey, Cooper Gooden Jr. had to get to the point where his value went up. He had no choice. Now they're showing him the money. Right. After he worked on himself, his attitude, his game. Man, work on your game. Yeah. Don't hate on them. Work on your game. Yeah. You got to be so phenomenal, ph- phenomenally great until, you know, you're like a bow bow. You're the two bows. <laughs> bow bow. Yeah. You got to stand out. If not, keep working on yourself. Yeah. You know what you need to work on. Yeah. You know, you deadly on the right side, but your left arm weak. Guess what? They're going to make you go to your left every time. Gonna it's going to make you look like a scrub. Yeah. Well, segue. Yes, sir. Not speaking of scrubs. Uh-oh. I tell you. Tell us. I, I witnessed something Saturday night, Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Greatness. Okay. Let me just paint the picture. Paint it. Shout out to the moms that came and spent time with their sons and daughters at the U of I. It was definitely a great weekend to be driving and giving <laughs> these moms and people rides. Um, I was at, I was, uh, when got Portillo's mm-hmm. on Saturday night, probably mm-hmm. about ten o'clock. Okay. Um, eight. Just relaxed on the couch. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was I was logged into my my Uber account, mm-hmm. but I was just at home, so I fell asleep. Mm-hmm. So I got woke up by an alert. Okay. So. You know, I got to get my socks and shoes on. I accepted the ride, so I'm like, dang, it's 1245. Mm-hmm. So I knew it was plenty of time for me to get out there and get some money. So so it told me I was four minutes away from the driver, but after I get my socks and my shoes on and grab a coat and all that, I didn't get shouted until about 10, 12 minutes. So she called me, where are you at? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm sorry, you know, I'll be there shortly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, get in the car. She get I, I get her, you know, and it rained a little bit, so I get her, get in the car. And, you know, I just told her the truth. You know, I, you woke me up out of my sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't even know I was still logged in. Mm-hmm. So, go get her, go get her friend, drop her off on campus. Mm-hmm. And as I'm pulling, I'm, I'm, I'm turning on Neil to green, turning off Neil to green, all of a sudden, the satellite radio I'm listening to start playing this, you know, these whistles, this drum line. Mm-hmm. And then I look in my dash and it says Beyonce Coachella. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, man. 
this was this was meant to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm I'm you know so I'm getting the audio you know so I'm listening to Beyonce Coachella. So as we all know, she performed for two hours. So that meant I was out till I was actually out till about three thirty four o'clock <laughs> in the morning. But I heard the entire Beyonce Coachella performance via audio. Shout out to Sirius XM channel mm-hmm. forty six. Mm-hmm. I want to say Heat. I think it's the Heat uh, station. Mm-hmm. They streamed or broadcast the whole Beyonce Coachella, and I'm hearing step shows and and you know probates and all type of stuff. So I'm like, this sound like she taking it to like the HBCU vibe. Mm-hmm. I felt that in the audio. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you know, I. I you know, I have a good night. You know, it's a couple couple jerks. I'm gonna call them some jerks that get in and want me to change the the the, the station. Oh, okay. So I'm like, no, you got a six minute ride. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, if you want to give me one star, go right ahead. But you know, this is this is what's riding out in my car <laughs> right now at this moment. <laughs> so, you know, so. Just the audio, mm-hmm. I was like, man, this this was this was awesome to just listen to. Mm-hmm. So I'm pulling up to the house. It's it's late. I'm tired. I'm like, dang. If one thing Beyonce can do is she can perform. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I go to bed. I'm just like, man, I gotta wake up and see if I could find any clips or. To see what she did. Mm-hmm. So it's about four in the morning. My kids, they arguing, you know. So I, I'm up at about nine. So all of a sudden, you know, I'm just on the phone, whatever. They say, well, YouTube is going to replay Beyonce's Coachella performance at 12. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. There you, there you have it. <laughs> so... Meant to be. Yeah. All so, the stars lined up. Yeah, me. so 12 o'clock come, I'll get the iPad and, you know, get on YouTube and show enough. Her her intro, she's dressed like a Egyptian queen. Wow. You know, she got. Wow. You know, so. Um, and this Coachella, this, this, like I said earlier, this is the whitest. Okay, so I never heard of it. Probably, probably the whitest outside festival. Now, Lollapalooza is famous, mm-hmm. but Coachella's been around way longer than Lollapalooza. Mm-hmm. She it has? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, she dressed like an Egyptian queen as far as her intro. Mm-hmm. She has a HBCU fraternity-themed performance at the whitest outside festival there is. Mm. She performed at one o'clock our time, so two o'clock Eastern mm-hmm. for two straight hours. Mm. So before I go further, mm-hmm. I am going to make a case mm-hmm. on this podcast 
episode 13, that the queen, uh-uh. Beyonce, mm-hmm. with this performance, has moved into first place as the best performer of all time. Really? Of all time. Go ahead, Beyonce. And I have a new effect for the queen. Baychella, they say. Put some respect on my name. (laughs) Put some respect on my name. We're going to put some respect on the queen's name. That's good. Go ahead, B. All right. Mm, mm, mm. And the re- the reason why I'm 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 going here mm-hmm. is the significance of being the first black female headliner of Coachella mm-hmm. and having over a hundred backup whether it's band, dancers, singers, to have this theme Mm -hmm. at this festival. She comfortable in her own skin. She comfortable in her career. Mm -hmm. And she's shining light on who she is, where she comes from, the culture. Not Mm. her, the culture. Mm. Beyonce. She threw down. Now say you're gonna make me watch 15 minutes of this. She she threw down, brother. When I tell you. (laughs) You a Beyonce fan? Oh, man. Oh, that's enough. Apologize on the air now. Now, um, as you like to say, she is not ugly. No, she ain't ugly. <laughs> but she the greatest. And she married to Jay-Z. She married to Jay-Z. And Jay-Z came out, and if you could knock the show, it's because she brought him out. That's how, that's how great she was. Really? What you got against Jay-Z? Not a damn thing. He just came out, act, act like he forgot his rhyme, out of breath. Bro, she went for two hours dancing and singing. He could have been dancing in the background. Well, he wasn't ready <laughs> for that night because all he had to do was come out and say one verse. And he came out, act like, I don't know if it was the mic or his breath control. He, he just, he, he, he wasn't on point. Then she, they had the they had they had step shows. They had they had the transitions. I mean, just they did it for you. They they had um, she had she paid she paid homage and tribute to to old '90s themes. You know, mm-hmm. back that ass up. Crucial conflict. <laughs> hand in the middle of the bomb project. Pat. Uh, See murder. I mean, like <laughs> she incorporated all those '90s anthems. That's what they are. They anthems. Okay. Mm-hmm. Had 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 former band members of Florida A&M as as you know, like 
band members. Mm -hmm. Now you from Mississippi. The son of Boom of the South. So, that's Jackson State Band, so I How know. How you know that? I, How you know that? My people from Mississippi. Yeah, that's the Sonic Boom of the South. So, 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 so you got the Sonic Boom. You already know they got their dancers. Mm -hmm. Mike Vonado was the Sonic Boom of the South. They got they they got the drum line. She had drum line. Mm -hmm. It was she she had the fraternity. The, the fraternity was uh, B Delta K. So Beyonce knows, oh, but she had okay, the Delta. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So she had basically like her own fraternity. They they had the costume. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, it was dope. No, it was dope. You know what? You gonna make you gonna make me watch part of it. I sent you the link, but they took it down. So that's another thing. Yeah, I didn't see it. I I sent you a link. Uh, was it Sunday or Monday? Mm -hmm. But they took it down because who took it down? Yeah, I don't know if it was Beyonce or Coachella. They basically like, man, y'all not getting ready to stream this. Oh, they want to sell it. I don't know if they want to sell it, but I guess she's going to perform again. But she has everybody sign non-disclosure agreements. So they practice. She don't want nobody talking about it. But what's she going to do? Oh, okay. So I want to read something. Her mom put this on Instagram. I want to say the other day. And this just shows you where she at. She comfortable in her own skin. She said, um, this is what somebody said. This is how somebody described the show. She took us to Wakanda Church, <laughs> you know, basically an ode to Black Panther, mm -hmm. an HBCU classic, Battle with the Bands, the ultimate pro-based step show, and more. She had an orchestra, a full band, a drum line, a choir, and a, and, and a bazillion dancers. She's the first black female to headline Coachella, and she killed it. The name has officially been changed, changed to Beachella. That stage will never be the same. It was magical. That was quoted by Alyssa Admin Adamson, prophet of Black Culture magazine. Mm. So her mom, Tina Knowles, this was her quote on Instagram. I told Beyonce I was afraid that predominantly white audience at Coachella would be confused by all the black culture and black college culture because it was something they might not get. Mm. Her brave response to me made me feel a bit selfish and ashamed. She said, at this point in my life and my career, I have a responsibility to do what's best for the world and not what is most popular. She said that her hope is after the show that young people will research this culture and see how cool it is. And young people, black and white, will listen to lift every voice and sing and see how amazing the words are for us and bridge the gap. I stand corrected. She sung Lift Every Voice and Sing. Oh, okay. She sung Lift Every Voice and Sing. Black National Anthem. Is black that the Black National Anthem? It's, it's widely recognized as a, it's, it's, it's recognized as a black national anthem. I, I know I've been to black HBCU football games, and, and they, they don't sing the Star Spangled Banner. They sing the black, uh, oh, lift every voice and oh, sing. Okay, okay. Now, how many you know. followers she got? Who, Beyonce? Yeah, 90, 95. Let me see, because she don't post as much as some of the others, so let me go and 
see how many she got. Oh, Beyonce. We'll see here. Beyonce has 114 million followers. That's, that's, my God, how many, how many people in America? She ain't, million, she million, ain't following nobody. <laughs> <laughs> she out front. She ain't following nobody. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. They did the swag surf. The swag surf is a, is, is a, is a popular is a popular um is a popular dance um a song it just she 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 had it going and, and and a lot of people think Michael Jackson is the best performer now now I will say mm-hmm. I will say I think Michael Jackson is bigger as far as his fame oh, okay I think he makes better music. I think I think his catalog is better. You're not saying that just because he's still alive down in Rand too, like. Oh, Michael Jackson alive? He ran he lived in Rand too. Okay, no, I'm not saying it. Okay. So Michael, I I think Michael Jackson does have have the the better musical catalog. Oh, okay. Um, and he's bigger. What now? Now, I wondered about that. What makes but when she the hits person, that number stage, number one, number two, whatever, is it based on how much? I mean, because technology has changed so much over the few years, so you know, you can have so many. Dip- you you can calculate. You you can quantitatively measure more of a fan base opposed to if everybody got CDs or cassette tapes or albums. You may have but one album sale, so you got five people sitting around listening to it. Now everybody got a cell phone, so instead of having one album, five people listening to it, everybody got their own phones, and they listening to it, so it shows a higher number. So do you measure the success based on the number of followers, the, 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 the more, I mean, the most money that they've made? What do they base that on, like the number one? I mean, and it's all opinionated. This is just my opinion. There will be mm-hmm. people that, that... Oh, she no, she's top now. She is, I mean, anybody, she got a hundred and some followers. That's just... Those there are some people follow that don't even that's the that's the least right that's the least number yeah so is she more popular than Michael Jackson I think so because some of the people who knew Michael Jackson they did oh, yeah <laughs> and she got a wide range but I think people would 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 their argument would be Michael had people fainting you know Michael had that was new right. They had never seen anything like that before. Like when you look at his, uh, he he would spend a million dollars on a video. And and that's the thing. Like I I, I watched his Super Bowl performance the other day. Mm-hmm. Did he do it? I mean, his intro was amazing. As far as just almost like shooting, they shot him in the shot him out the air in the air from. It was like his intro was just. Amazing. Just awe inspired. Yeah, just. like he 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 like it was at the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and so he it seemed like he was on the top of of the scoreboard mm-hmm. and then all this smoke just came and it just seemed like a rocket mm-hmm. like shot him in the air mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he just appeared on this on the stage on mm-hmm. the field mm-hmm. 
it was it was I was like, dang, that that was tight. Now you knew he was already on the field, all right? Yeah, okay. I, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I said, yeah, because you just can't shoot him out. And then yeah, he right, 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 right. Okay. So it was like a stun or something. Right, but it was captivating. I, it, now, it was. I want, I want to see that now. I want to see it. It was. And we don't necessarily have to compare it, this one versus that one, but, competition style. But I want to look at now. I'm glad you mentioned it because I want to see now because it gives me some creative ideas yeah, and about so, some stuff. Yeah, so, so but, but once he started performing, Mm-hmm. I was like, nah, man, B on Saturday, got him. You saw it? Yeah. That's how you saw it? And then it was like the Motown 25. You know, people was going crazy over the moonwalk. I'm like, nah, man, B, man, she she doing all the dances. She, She going for two hours, maybe two breaks. You know, and during that break... They had this one Nigerian chick, man, that came out and with the batons and oh, man, you know, she was just twirling and dancing. She drop it? No, no. Cause you know, people that, as good as she is, people like, no, nah, she didn't drop it. And 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 you know, she brought out Destiny's Child. She kind of even let. That's good. She kind of let Kelly Rowland just kind of assume, like some of the songs they sang that that Kelly's was like the lead on a couple of songs. Just kind of step back let, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, step back and let that's her have respect. her moment. See that that yeah. now, that's that's good respect. That's good. Yeah, man. Wow. It, it was just okay. Yeah. So so I ain't gonna lie. I it's watched, a time now. I watched it for. I had you know two hours. I, I watched it for two hours. <laughs> then I saw that link. And then I, I just watched it all day Sunday. You did? I watched it all day Sunday. And and um I said, okay. I just I didn't do nothing on Monday. I didn't, you know, didn't try to watch no vid. Then I watched some of Michael's stuff and mm-hmm. and I was just like, you know, the Motown thing was it was it was it was nice. It was it was great. Mm-hmm. But her sister was she on stage? Yeah, she she came out and mm-hmm. danced with her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just talking two hours strong singing. It was just she's the best. She's the best. You could do a commercial. She is the best. Mm. And. You know, I I think I, I'm I'm going to. I think that the, the name of this podcast Uh-oh. <laughs> is going to be Beyonce is the goat. Is the what? The goat, greatest of all time. Oh, never heard of that. Wow, wow. Beyonce, she went to Montessori. Did she? She sure did. Yeah. So, hey, wow. So, and 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 honestly, I just think the significance of what she did on that platform. Mm-hmm. You know, when Michael Jackson did his Super Bowl performance, mm-hmm. you know, it was great. He had the crowd. You know, had white, black, purple. You know, in the crowd and. 
heal the world. And, mm-hmm. and, and don't get it twisted. I know Michael Jackson was a proud black man. I know mm-hmm. that. You know what I'm saying? Like Joe Jackson, his daddy is as, is, is as black as they come. You know, Gary, Indiana. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to ever question Michael's blackness. And we never should. Yeah, that's, man. We never should question Michael's blackness. And yeah, he can do what he want to do. You know what I'm saying? So that's not, that's not, but I just don't think too many people going to have the courage and the security to do what she did. Like that, that's key. When we talk about having our own mm-hmm. to pretty much take that HBCU culture to a Coachella stage. She basically saying, this is who we are. This is who I am. And then she turned around and donated $100,000 to five HBCUs yesterday. Really? Yes. Go ahead, Beyonce. She married to Jay-Z, a former drug dealer from Brooklyn. He ain't no drug dealer. Former. Oh. (laughs) She is is black. You know, I wish, wish, you know, I had some some effects, but it just, it just don't, it don't do it justice. Mm -hmm. Somehow, someway, Coachella, Got to release this video and just let us have it, cause it it broke streaming records. You know, cause even though I was out listening to it, hustling, mm-hmm. it was streamed live on YouTube, and it broke records. So she went on at one o'clock our time, mm-hmm. and it broke records. Go ahead, Beyonce. So just think if you on East Coast time, you two in the morning. And she that still was at one in the morning? One in the morning Central Time. On they, Saturday night, Sunday morning. Why they do it so Because I guess the time zone where, where she went on at. So wow. I don't know where Coachella is. Hmm. She's the best. Go ahead, Beyonce. I don't see the household name. Yeah, she's been around. She's the best. Go ahead, Beyonce. One more thing. Segway, segway. Beyonce is the best. If you got a problem with it, comment. Keep it to yourself. Leave a, leave, leave a, leave a, leave a comment on the SoundCloud. Mm. I'll post it in the Facebook group. Com- comment under when I share the podcast. Mm-hmm. Beyonce is the GOAT. The GOAT. I'm saying it now. Greatest of all. Performer. Times. As a performer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will say I, I do believe Michael Jackson is a bigger name, a bigger figure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And probably has made better music. I will, I'm, I'm not arguing, though, that. But when Beyonce hits that stage to perform her music, nobody does it better than her. Go ahead. Black coffee. 
No sugar, no cream. No sugar, no cream. Black coffee, no sugar, no cream. Black coffee, no sugar, black coffee, no sugar, no cream podcast. I don't think I don't think you have a whole lot of negativity. Put some respect on my name. Put some respect on my name. I can't see it. <laughs> now, one more thing I want to talk about before we get up out of here. Yes, sir. I sent you an article. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's Chicago, and I, I was I was a little floored when I read it. Mm-hmm. Is it better for black business Uh-oh. owners owners to disguise their blackness in growing his patio installation company Dwayne Droughton erased all clues to the public that he a black man owned the business mm-hmm. that meant no photos of him or his family on his website giving potential customers the impression the business was part of a franchise and that he was a project manager, not the owner, mm-hmm. and recruiting a white insurance company representative to conduct job interviews and assembling his white sales team. Mm-hmm. The covert taxes, tactics helped him to bill more than $6 million over nine years to white clientele he perceived as racist as he often encountered potential customers who slammed doors in his face or refused to allow him in their homes, he said. I never said I wasn't the owner. If asked, I would admit it, but I always said I was either the project manager or a designer. Drowning is among entrepreneurs who feel compelled to conceal the fact that their businesses are black-owned for fear they will lose patronage, either to miss perceptions that the products or services are only for blacks or to racial biases on part of potential users. Some entrepreneurs leave their photos out of websites and marketing materials. Others give the impression that their white employees actually own the operations. What do you think about that? I think that's great. Really? I don't have a problem with it whatsoever because I, too, have been in a situation. That's why I have an affinity for it. I have a shared uh, experience, and I've done that before. Hmm. I've used front people to make it appear or look like I was not the owner. In business, business is warfare. You're fighting for customers. You're in battle for customers. That's what you're in battle for. And there are not a lot of, whole lot of black men in business. I just look at champagne, and I just use champagne. We can multiply it into everything else, but I just say this. Let's just take a look at what's going on in champagne. Our reputation is such that before we even get to the door, it's like going to Starbucks trying to use the bathroom. You haven't even gotten a chance. Yeah. You didn't ask me no questions at all. You didn't tell me nothing about your policy. You didn't express to me in a very kind way or ask me if I'll get something later. You'd already had your mind made up as soon as you saw me. And if you're going to be in business and you know that your target audience would rather see somebody that looked like them 
Give him somebody that looked like them. Whoopi Goldberg, she ain't go to Coachella. <laughs> no. She didn't. No. Beyonce fits in, I mean, like perfectly. Light skin, long hair, nice body, sing real good, but not in that order. She sings exceptionally well. She ain't ugly. She ain't ugly. So she presents herself to all audiences. She has already been accepted by everybody. So she doesn't have to prove anything to anybody. Some of her greatest fans might be Caucasian. And the HBCUs, they, not, they ain't no threat. I mean, we've always been entertainers. We don't do real, real well in imploring our people. But we've always been the jester in the king's court. The funnier you are, the more talented you are, you will be elevated to a high position. But then our people are still the lowest of the low. And what does that have to do with having a front man or a white person as a front for your business? There are more black men in prison than in college. Yeah, true story. There are more black men without a license in Champagne than with a license. Did you know that? Say that again. There are more black men in Champagne that do not have driver's license than there are that do. If you don't believe it, think of 10 of your friends. How many of them got a license? I'm talking about just in Champagne. Right. What does it have to do with business? These are the faces that's going to knock on doors. Even the media doesn't even give us a fair shake. They make it look like black men doing the most crimes. And we ain't even, what, 5 10% of the population in Champagne, black men. His target audience, people that will get that done, what kind of business does he have? Patio, he was laying patios. Black people don't own houses. How many black folks <laughs> that you know pay for a patio when we don't have the same disposable income as the Caucasian. Right. We don't have that type of income. We don't get those things done. We save money to get the roof done or patched. Yeah. We save money to get our uh, windows changed. We buy the houses that's not brand new and built from the ground up. We get in where we can fit in. And then whenever we can save the money up, we want to get somebody to come in and do it right, which sometimes is the white man. We'll even say, I had in my mind how much I should pay for it, but if I might as well pay that, I might as well go get the white man. Because if I charge it, me, black man, Brother Timothy Muhammad, if I charge the same thing that my competitors or competition, my other guys will charge, then I'll be looked at as, well, if I'm going to pay that, I might as well get them to do it. I've heard that. Yeah. I've had people uh, take my bid, take somebody else's bid, and even though the other people's bid was higher, they will hire them, then they'll call me back. And then I got to undo what they did, and they still want me to stick to my price. I told them, no, I'm going to charge you more, or man, you find somebody else to do it. Not out of spite, but I got to undo that junk they did. Or you'll find somebody that you think is better, you think I'm trying to rip you off because my prices are higher. But you won't think the white guy's ripping you off if his price is higher. You won't think that. His, just, his price is just higher. 
like no big deal. And if I'm going to get something that's going to be long-term, I may as well get a company that's been doing it longer. And we have an innate trust for them over ourselves. Them too. They would rather see somebody look like them. There's more of a trusting factor there. Chinese people, if they can keep that money in their neighborhood, and I, I know a lot, of, I equate a lot of things to a lot of things to business and culture and oh, that kind so. of stuff. Because when you put a when a dollar goes into the black community, when a dollar goes into other communities, other communities they circulate their dollar for days, one day, two day, three day, four days. When I say circulate, means you generate money. You have ten dollars, twenty dollars. You're in a neighborhood where you're going to go to your own your grocery store your dry cleaners, your gas station, your hospital, your taxi cab, your Uber, everything in there, this is your group of people. That $1 going to stay in the community because the tax cab driver, he got to get something to eat, he got to get gas, he got to work at the gas station, he going to the hospital, people work at the hospital, they circulate that money. We don't have the infrastructure or the structure set up by which we can circulate our dollars. So although we, keep, we bring in $1.3 trillion, whatever it is, it goes right back outside of the community. So for this brother to break into an area, you can only go to the people who got the money that are spending. Number one, he has the skill sets to do it. He's done it. And he's hired other people to do it. I've had a white girl answer a phone or make a phone call for me, or a black girl that sounded white to make a phone call for me. Didn't even know me. And I need you to make a phone call. Just say this. Hey, how you doing? This is Florida Roof Enterprise calling you back about the fence. Oh, yeah. Different. I'm going to speak if I'm listening. I watched the reaction. No relatives, nobody you know, none of that kind of stuff. Because ain't no, ain't no skin in the game. Ain't no bias. There's none of that kind of stuff. Business is warfare. In businesses, they got spies. You got all kinds of stuff. So you'll send somebody out there who is uh, the best qualified person to get the business. So for this black man to use a, a white front, that's business. The same way that uh, white companies use black faces. Look at Burger King. Look at McDonald's. The owners ain't making their own commercial. They putting us up there, not that we own it, but they show us as the managers. They show us work in there. So I don't see how much that's much different. You do what you can, man, to keep your business. Or you can take the mindset like, you know what? Man, I'm black and I'm proud. I want you to know this is a black-owned business. You don't want my business? Fine. He could take that approach. But he wouldn't, probably wouldn't generate no $6 million over however many years he did it. Yeah, that's just like, so. so I guess that guy became comfortable that he put his, his photo on his company's website on faith website and Facebook page. But that's not a move Chicago tech entrepreneur James Parker is ready to make. He's out to keep his image out of the promotion of his bestdatenight.com, which offers discount date outings. The idea in any tech startup is to grow it, make it a lot of money, and dump it for more money, he said. As soon as you say it's black on white people will believe it's only for black people and black people will look for something wrong with it. You that's, just said that. that. 
I'm a, I'm a businessman. And it, this is coming from my own experiences. It is because we still don't circulate our dollar. Yeah. We don't do it. So, hey, he's in business to make money. If I go to a Chinese restaurant, they're going to take my money from my black hand. Yeah, mine too. They don't have a problem with it. Not a one, not a, not a, not one. Still charging, they still charging to use a debit card. If I go to Dos Reales or somewhere, a Mexican restaurant, they'll take my money. Here's the thing, though. They don't care what you think. They're going to play their Mexican music. They're going to they gonna have Emilio Zapata up there. And they're going to call you amigo. They're going to call you amigo. They're not going to try to, you know, like, yo, what's good with it? They're going to talk how they talk. Hey, amigo. They're going to do what they do. Why? Number one, they don't have to. Yeah. They have enough of that people that's going to come in there. You come in there, cool. If not, that's cool, too. Once you go in there for the food, you don't, you'll find yourself trying to speak the language to the waiter. Amigo, amigo. Like, no big deal. Yeah. According to the 2014 Nielsen Report on African-American buying habits, 55% of blacks with household incomes of at least 50,000 said they will buy or support a product if it was sold or supported by a person of color or minority-owned business. Only 20% of non-African Americans in the same income bracket felt the same. The report did not specify the answers of the remaining respondents. So let me read that again. Because I didn't even think, I didn't even get it. 55% of blacks with household incomes of at least 50,000 said they would buy or support a product if it was sold or supported by a person of color minority. Okay. Only 20% of non-African Americans in the same income bracket felt the same. I understand that. So basically white folks ain't buying, white folks ain't trying to patronize black businesses, only 20%. Yes. And unless, I got customers, they say Brother Timothy, they say Asalaamu Alaikum, they say, how you doing, my brother? White. Yeah. When they write a check, they write out for Timothy Muhammad. Once you build a customer base and they know you, then they'll go on what they know about you. Have all of my experiences been great? Nope. With black folk? Nope. With white people? Nope. With Indians? Nope. But what I do know is, do the best you possibly can. Some people have a problem with it if you do nothing wrong. You can do everything right and people can have a problem with you. You can make a mistake and some people are like, well, you know what, can you just change this up? Hey, no problem. Some people give you a chance to uh, correct your error. Black, white, or whatever. Some people, you don't even get one chance. Some people have seen me and they're like, well, no, no, thank you. I'm like, okay, hey, take it easy. God bless you, man. I'm going about my business. If they call me back to do work, I wouldn't have a problem with it whatsoever at all because I don't take it personal. They say it's just business. It's just business. So by him having a front, whatever, whatever you need to do. There used to be in America, you know, clothes that says made by white folks. There used to be job construction site that says white only. Other cultures couldn't even come on site. 
But there can be no, you know, and we're taught this, the most unbelievable Muhammad teaches us that there could be no black-white unity until there's first black unity. Sure. It is so easy for black folks to say, let's just all get together. That's easier to say than it is to actually do. Where are all the people that has all these followers standing up and saying how wrong it is for your people to be treated like this? Where are the factories? Where are the clothing factories? Some of the, some of the clothes that's being made by our brothers and sisters as super millionaires, hundreds of millions of dollars a year. Why can't you set up a factory right over here in Champaign and make shirts, to make shoes? Why can't you set it up to give your people jobs? Of course you could do what you want to with your money. But why not do something that's going to live beyond you? You yourself, you got a billion dollars. Wait, give us some factories, man. Your stuff is made overseas. You helping somebody else more than you helping us. It's, it's starving us. Because here we are trying to buy shoes we can't afford, clothes we can't afford. Why don't you set up a factory in the inner city? We don't need no more basketball court. Right. That's fine. But set up something to produce jobs. That's, that's one of my biggest things. Use your fame. Use your fortune. Use your gifts and talents to help your people like, your, like other folks do with theirs. Be like the ant. Mess with a Puerto Rican. <laughs> Mess with somebody in the mafia. Mess with somebody from Japan, a Chinese. That little Chinese girl got missing? Billboard all over the place. 64,000 black folk went missing last year. Ain't nobody said nothing. Ain't no Amber Alerts. Ain't no billboard flashing signs. Ain't nobody knocking on your door asking if you've seen anybody. So it's, it's kind of unfortunate, but if we want to go further and appeal to the venture capitalists and angel investors, we can't just be black. Pepper Miller, the president of the Hunter Miller Group Marketing market research and strategic planning firm in Chicago says she understands some decisions to downplay black ownership. It's not about anybody selling out. People are trying to survive. There's a perception that black people can only do black stuff, said Miller, who began focusing on black consumer marketing when she was denied broader work when starting out in the 80s. It ain't pretty, but it's the truth, she said. It's called racism. As much as we want to feel like we're dealing with that, we're not dealing with that, we are. But Joni Jackson, assistant professor of marketing at Chicago State University, sees little advantage to the tactic and said it encourages a perception of inferiority among black-owned businesses. I understand startup businesses might think that this is a way to get some traction, but at what point do you reveal that the company is black-owned and operated? Jackson said, if you are concerned about negative stereotypes that are triggered by associations with that, Who's to say they won't be triggered once someone realizes that it is, in fact, a black-owned company? Parker says she'll worry about that later. I need people to look at the app and not the app developer yet. Parker, who said Parker, who was the former owner, operator of a website that promoted black-owned businesses. After I've milked the opportunities, then I'll come out as CEO. No disrespect to Joni Jackson, assistant professor of marketing at Chicago State, but you are assistant professor of, of uh, at a at a university that is barely Come on. open. Come on. So if you was at DePaul or 
Northwestern or University of Chicago. Like, why is your why is the university that you're working at barely open? I think it's like night and day, man. <laughs> Listen, I think it's night and day because any professor or anybody <laughs> in that capacity in education, you know, I mean, once you got tenure, you know, once you in a position where it's be a little more challenging really to get rid of you, but really not, you know, unless you're Francis Chris Wells Wells. It's different talking about something than it is actually doing it. Yeah. If your business is not predicated on you getting customers, getting a customer base, a clientele, you're going to get you a check. All right. Get your ass up there and stand up, and you start, start a movement at your college that's controversial. See how uh, ironclad your tenure is. You start talking about some of these strong issues and start standing up and galvanizing uh, some constituents or some of your students to stand up for what's right. You watch what happens. It's one thing to get behind the mic, man, and hide your hand. You can throw rocks. You come on out and see what's going on with you. It's just like uh, Donald Minnesota's Farrakhan. You know, in the news, they say he this and they say he that, and, and you know, they're... Uh, black politicians who will stand with him. And then the ADL or these other groups come out and say Minister Farrakhan is anti-Semitic. And instead of them coming out and talking to Minister Farrakhan in the public themselves, the Jewish people, they'll send black folk who's hugging him, kissing him, thanking him for all the wonderful work he did in the community. Now, they would ask him to denounce, ask them to denounce Minister Farrakhan, who they were just talking about building community relations with. So the question is asked, why don't you come out yourself? Don't hide behind black folk. And what is it that you have on these people that'll make them change their mind like that? Yeah. They scared now. You done said what you really think and what you believe, and now you say you ain't with him because he's anti-Semitic. Somebody ask your ass what anti-Semitic means, you can't even know what the word, you don't even know what the word is. You can't name one thing that he did or said that was anti-Semitic, and who are the Semite or who are the Semitic people? You know, even, I mean, it's just amazing. We, we're still talking about fronts, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man, so. be, be who you're going to be. Stand on right. Yeah. But when you're in business, man, you ain't got to tell everybody who owns the business. When I go to the car wash, I don't give a damn. Just make sure them brushes working. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure that soap squirting out of them little thing. Yeah. I have no problem with that. When I go to the gas station, I'm not going there to ask you, you know, who you are, what you believe. Man, just I squeeze this trigger. I want that stuff to come out of that pump and go in this tank so this thing can keep running. Yeah. That's what that is. And when I go, if I'm going to service this vehicle, I'm not going to go look for Pookie or little June Bug to do anything to this vehicle. I want somebody who, it's going to have to be a dealer. Anybody can't mess with it. Even the oil change. I ain't even doing my own oil change. Uh -huh. Why? I want to get the person most qualified, most responsible, and have the greatest protection against any liability. That's what I'm looking for. I'm not going to ask if you're black when you're working on my vehicle. I got to go to whoever I know can get the job done. If there was someone who was black, who had insurance, who I knew was going to do a good job, and if they messed it up, they wasn't going to scratch their head and like, well, man, it was already like that. 
<laughs> so, you know, there's, you know, you got to weigh things, man. You got to close your eyes sometimes and wait. And you got to go where, where the weight is. Yeah. The weight is here. It's more evidence, more proof, and more facts that this is the best choice, the best way to go. Man, what if you decide I ain't going to go to a doctor unless he's black? Probably you wouldn't go to no doctor in Champaign, one or two, three. Yeah. And then they going to ask some of their colleagues, like, well, uh, no. Come on now. Until we get our own. Or those who are going to service us treat us like their own. We wouldn't be having this conversation. There wouldn't be a black and white conversation if there was no line drawn. Here it is, Jesus, a black man. Y'all say he what? Then we find out he was black. Now color don't matter. If it didn't matter, why y'all make him white? <laughs> hey, real talk. Black coffee, no sugar, no cream. No That's my sugar, crew. No cream. Hey, well, another one in the books. Man, another one. 13, man. Episode 13. Brother Kenny been married 13 years. Friday the 13th is a very, very, very lucky day. This is wonderful. All in, in indeed, indeed. Yes, sir. Well, Brother Kenny, that's about it. No, no. You're doing a phenomenal job, brother. Thank you, my brother. These, they call these flowers while you're living. Yeah, yeah. These are flowers. You know, I think you're doing an exceptional, an exceptional job. The content, how you bring it, how you transition it, everything is right on point. I want y'all to listen, audience, to remember this. Remember our groundbreaking. Remember the grassroots. Because when we making, you know, millions of dollars a week, we still going to be Brother Timothy and Brother Kenny. Don't forget it, y'all. Black coffee, no sugar, no, no cream. No sugar, no cream. Indeed, indeed. We out. Peace and assalam alaikum. Peace be unto you. Peace be unto you. And we always say peace to the BGs. The peace black to God. the BGs. <laughs> y'all, y'all, y'all finished or y'all done? I ain't got no more talking. <laughs> Shout out to Bird Man. <laughs> got the new effects. Yes, sir. Keep bringing them, brother. Keep bringing them. Keep it happy. Keep it having. Keep on having fun with it, enjoying it. Once it becomes a job, we ain't gonna want to do it. So let's just keep it fun. Indeed, indeed. Y'all, y'all, y'all finished or y'all done? I ain't got no more talking. <laughs> we out. Peace.